Cowbrook demolishes Amir Khan. The long-term British rivalry is finally over. Is that the end for Amir Khan? And what next for Cowbrook? Dinian White running out of time. Will the contract get signed or not? And there's two previews for two big fights for this weekend's world title boxing action. This is Lights Out. I am Fessel Khan, and this is Podcast 48 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. Proudly sponsored by the best law firm in the world, Spartans Law. Delighted to be joined by the MVP of Team Lights Out, Mosin Gulshir, a.k.a. Ronald Jeremy. Ron, how are you, mate? Very good, thank you. Very good. It's uh, good to see that you made it in time. I was thinking I'd have to send you the uh, the P45 letter through your front door uh, first thing in the morning. But no, pleasure to have you on. Uh, before we get started and before me and Ron uh, have it out of each other on last weekend's boxing actions, we'd just like to remind all the viewers out there, if they can, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button. Follow us on all the social media platforms. Um, links are below in the description. Um, and yeah, let's get into it, Ron. Um, we caught up on Saturday night after the fight, and you asked me how was the experience. I don't think I've recovered from the actual experience itself. Um, the fight's out of the way, the rivalry is over now. Khan versus Brooke is finally done. Um, just get your thoughts on the build up to the fight before we talk about the fight itself. What did you make of last week's uh, build-up? Oh, no, I absolutely enjoyed it. I think they, both fighters kind of promoted the fight well. You know, the gloves are off uh, episode as well, where there was sheer animosity uh, between the two. Um, kind of hatred. You know, the, we saw the press conferences. Um, I don't know. I mean, now, now reflecting back on it, I don't know how Amir Khan will see that. Will he be cringing at that? Because... After all those Whoa, comments, hold on a second. Let's just slow oh. you down here because I cannot believe what we are seeing beneath us. Beneath us, Chris Eubanks, uh, number one fanboy. He is indeed <laughs> Asif Khan. Welcome back to Lights Out. How are you, mate? Okay, I think he's got a few technical issues, but I'm pretty sure he'll um, throw join himself us in. Again. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, just give us a thumbs up when you can hear us, Asif. Okay, may, maybe not yet, but all right. Okay, Ron. All right, we're just, we've just we just got a few uh, technical issues with uh, with um, Asif's sound. Ron, mm. give us your thoughts on the, the actual build up to last weekend's fight. What did you make of it? Yeah, no, like 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 I was saying, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the back and forth between the two, trading insults. Uh, you know, saying that uh, rent Kel Kel's going to be asking me to pay rent because I've been living in his mind for so long. I, I found that hilarious. Then you had the uh, trading of Poppadom Chin, which I just, uh, I mean, I didn't take it as personal or, really, you know, kind of racial in any sort of way, but Amir Khan, you know, clearly did. Then we had, you know, just, you know, kind of talking about the sparring uh, of 17 years ago when they were both, you know, both young guys. So... Yeah. You know, the, the build-up was great. It kind of, you know, got everyone riled up. You know, couldn't wait for the fight. So, and did the fight live up to expectations? You bet you did. 
Yeah, I mean, you know what, what, do you, what do you make of it? You were there live. You were seeing it, you know, in action. I've got to say, I've, I've attended some fight weeks, but that by far is the best. That's going to take some topping. Um, phenomenal fight week. Honestly, the build-up was, was very good. The press conference itself was probably the best moment. The, the back and forth that they had. I was, mm. When I got, I got I arrived a bit late uh, to the press conference and the guy was like, yeah, you've got to sit at the back. And I was thinking, great. But luckily, when he wasn't looking, I sort of just jumped to the front, put my camera down and did what I had to do. And it, it, The press conference was brilliant. The, the public workout was good. The weigh-in was good. He had a lot. He had a very hostile atmosphere towards um, Kelbrook, and then the fight itself, the the event, the amount of celebrities that were there. It was a pleasure to be a part of it. Um, mm. And obviously, before we talk about the fight, Asif, what did you make of the build up to the fight? Because I remember you saying uh, you commented on one of the videos that Sky Sports' build up to the fight has been second to none. What did you What did you make of the the build up to the fight for Conan Conan Brook? Yeah, first of all, hello. Yeah, can you hear me all well? Yeah. Yep, we can. Yep. Welcome back. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Now, the build-up was great. I, I think just I want thought... to say before, Asi, we go any further ahead, just to let you know, the contract between yourself and Lights Out, Ron doesn't need to know the full details, but yeah, please carry on. <laughs> Number one, baby. Now, I think the, listen, the, the build-up was great. Sky put a lot of work into the build-up. Um, the fight really didn't need selling, in my opinion. It was already pretty much sold. You know, the numbers don't lie. You know, they sold out in record time. But I think Sky put in a lot of work. You know, the I love the was it the behind the ropes um, that they done. You know, they followed Khan out to where he was in Nebraska and um, Kel Brook into future future Ventura. Ventura. Um, yeah, and it was a good, really good insight into into the work that they were putting in. You can see both fighters putting a lot of work, and uh, I'm sure we'll go into the fight itself. But um, I, I love the build up. I thought Sky did an excellent job. Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with Sky since this, obviously, this new journey. A lot of question marks were sort of raised when Eddie Hearn and Matchroom went over to the zone on a full-time basis. And I've got to say, Sky have been pretty impressive with their shows. They on, and I thought they were spot on with the um, the actual uh, the actual build-up to the fight was good. As I said, mentioned the, the behind the ropes. You had Johnny Nelson tactically breaking down the fight. You know, you had Talk Sport doing a lot of work with Sky Sports in the build-up to the fight. But obviously, we'll talk about what went down at the uh, AO Arena. Um, I, I'm just going to say it straight. He battered him. He absolutely battered him. And it was it was hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it was I remember, definitely... It was, I was, it was I, uncomfortable. I was sat with Aki Kareem. And Aki Kareem is one of the founders of British Boxing TV. And he goes... I think it was 11 years ago I stood in the same arena and I watched him box Katelnik and Katelnik did not lay a glove of him. That's the night Amir Khan become world champion. And 10 years later, in watching that in watching that fold in front of us, it, it was tough to watch. And you have to you have to just be honest and say Kelbrook absolutely battered him. He battered him from the start of the fight to the finish. And you've got to give Kelbrook credit. And I hate to say it, but I I saw that coming because Amir Khan. And not fought in three years. Kelbrook for me has always been bigger than him. He's always been a more powerful puncher. And I'm just surprised it went on that long. Um, Ron, Asif, your thoughts on what, what went down in the fight itself? Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. He was far too strong. Amir Khan was taking far too many punches. Um, and he mauled him. It wasn't a battering. It was, more, it was a mauling more than anything. Uh, Amir Khan's hand speed, we didn't see it at all. You know, that's, you know, father time kind of telling him that, you know, that's one of the first things to go when you age. 
it's your speed and uh, power kind of tends to remain. Um, we, we, you know, we saw flashes of it from here and there, you know, in the early rounds where he did let a few flurries go. But other than that, it was just Kelbrook mm -hmm. just timing those shots, kind of timing, you know, uh, and what this is what the everyone was saying, the, the professionals about the predictions, that timing beats speed every time. Yeah, yeah I de I, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, when you age, you always hope and hang on to that, you know, that puncher's chance because the mm. power is one of the last things to go. And Amir Khan's never been blessed with power. You know, he's been blessed with speed, electrifying mm. speed. And, and yeah, like Ron said, he, he, he looked quick in the first probably round because I'm guessing, you know, the opponent wasn't, um, you know, matching in speed and it wasn't even anywhere close to him. But Kelbrook just stuck to what Kelbrook does best. You know, he, he took the centre of the ring straight away and uh, he just absorbed what Khan threw. He, he absorbed the, you know, the barrages, the, you know, the combinations. And then at will, when he, when he you know, when the opportunity was there, he, um, he unleashed. And every time he did, you know, I think the first time he kind of rocked him was with, was, was pretty much a, a jab. And mm. I thought, oh, he's caught him off balance here. But his legs went straight away and you thought, okay, right, this ain't a good sign. And then Khan just reverted back to Khan. You know, he's got heart of a champion, heart of a lion. That's why he's so exciting. That's why I think the fans love him. Um, and he got into that war and there was only going to be one winner, winner with that. And it was really upsetting. I find it quite upsetting to watch because, you know, we've all grown up watching Amir Khan and um, we didn't want him to go out that way. I mean, uh, Fassel, you, you mentioned about, you, when you interviewed Carl Froch and he said about, you know, Khan being like Bambi on ice, it literally was that any time he got a touch, you see his legs doing that little dance that he does, you know, which he's, you know, which he's done in his previous knockouts in his career. I mean, in that fight, prior to that fight, Khan's been on the canvas 12 times. Uh, he's always engaged in wars in his fights, which I've, I've obviously, in the peak stages of his career, I found very unnecessary because whatever you think of Amir Khan, I've always thought technically he's actually a very good boxer. He's mm. never been a power puncher, in my opinion, but technically he's very good. I mean, if you look at his fight against Canelo and Danny Garcia, prior to those knockouts or those knockdowns, he's actually winning both of those fights. Um, but none, having said that, you don't take, you can't take away anything from Kel Brook. I mean, everybody thought the weight would be an issue for Kel Brook rather than Amir Khan. Kel Brook got more more close to the weight than Amir Khan did. And I've always said it, Kelbrook under Dominic Ingle is a very good fighter. Anyone else doesn't get the best out of Kelbrook. And I thought they got the game plan right. And I don't know why the Sky Sports, uh, the panel was surprised with his performance because I said at the start of the week that Kelbrook, if, if he's going to win, he's going to win that way. He's going to be more powerful than Amir Khan. He'll take it to the centre of the ring and he's just going to out-muscle him. And that's exactly what he did. And I, I, I say it many, many times, ring inactivity plays his part. And Amir Khan, for me, you know, I'm not. I don't want to sound like I'm slating him or anything, but in my opinion, took the, he sort of like banked on the defeats to Golovkin and Spence and thought, yeah, I've got him towards the end of his career in mm. being easy walkthrough. I mean, in my opinion, should have taken that fight. Even after the Canelo fight was a decent time to take that fight, but this is what I say about ring inactivity. Brook fought the back end of 2020, I believe, it was in December against Crawford. And Amir Khan's last fight was against Billy Dibb in 2019, who was, what, three weights below him. But nonetheless, you have to talk about what's next. There's a lot of rumours going around about mm -hmm. Kel Brook. Perhaps but, like a Conor Ben. Before we, before we do that, Pastor, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there. 
I was watching that that you know when it when the fight did get stopped in the sixth round. My opinion was that the fight got stopped prematurely because if you look at the end, how many did Calbrook actually land uh, on Amir Khan? You know, I mean, I get, I totally understand, totally agree with the both of you. He was being mauled in that fight, and looking at the Amir Khan response and his you know post fight interview, didn't didn't you? Didn't you feel that way that it was stopped no, a little bit too early? It, it, it no, was, no. Yeah, I, I think it, listen. I, I think we can all you agree. Watch, yeah. watch it again, and I, you'll see I, yeah. how many of those punches no, actually landed. I don't think it was stopped because of that one, you know, in, incident there at the end. Mm. I think it was just a, you know, a, com a combination of everything that he'd he'd taken them six yeah. rounds. And I think we can all agree. Amir Khan was never going to quit. He was never going to quit. He was going to go out on his back. Um, if he hadn't been stopped. And, and I do feel like when he was stopped, he didn't really appeal or anything. It no, seemed like he was quite relieved. Mm. And then when you saw his face after the fight, it was like, wow, oh. you know, he mopped up really badly. And yeah, I, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't nice to watch. I, I, I attended the press conference after the fight. The guy had blood coming out of his ears. Mm. It, it, it's, it, from obviously what you guys saw on TV to what I saw live, his face was marked up like nothing. It was it was bad. It was it, you, I, I saw it live. He took a lot of punishment, and it was, just wasn't a one or two rounds of punishment. It was literally from the first bell of the fight to the very last last second of that fight. And in my opinion, that fight should have been stopped in round four, not around six. Because I mean, if you look at Bomax interviews, he said he was actually thinking and stopping four yeah, earlier. Mm. Look, I go back to my point. It, he took the fight way too late. He, he, he banked on the defeats to Golovkin, mm. to Spence, and to Crawford. If he had taken that fight 2014, 15, 16, I reckon he would have beaten Brook. But he didn't, and Kel Brook comes out on top. I think we all know what's next for Amir Khan. Two-time two world champion, Olympic silver medalist, has blessed us with some great nights in boxing. Is there any chance that he continues, or do you think that's him done with boxing now? I think, you know, you might see him, you know, he's got a strong connection in, in, uh, in, in Dubai, hasn't he? So, you know, you might see him fight maybe another Billy Dib or that. But in my opinion, I hope he does retire because, you know, what people don't understand is what he's done for, for the sport. You know, we all see, the, you know, the lavish lifestyle at times. But, you know, you see the fighters on the undercards and you, and you see their stories and you see how much they dedicated to Amir Khan, how he's opened doors for them and, he has he's done so much for for British Asians in this country in terms of of boxing. You know, our generation has someone to look up to. You know, if we oh look, if we put in the hard work, we can be the next Amir Khan. Um, mm. We we haven't got that anywhere else. You know, if you look across any of the other sports in this country, you know, he's the one and only. And I hope he does retire because you know I don't want him seeing I don't want to see him take you know another fight for a payday because he doesn't need the money. You know, you can see his lifestyle. He's quite he's already said it. Um, but yeah, like I said, man, it wasn't. I was really. It got to me that fight. Did you know what else got to me? The ending after the fight. I think he had a couple of seconds with his dad, and you can see the pain on his his face. You know, he looked really upset. And then after that, everyone's grabbing him for pictures, and you know, he's just. You could see he was hurting. You know, this fight really, really hurt, and everyone's grabbing him. Yeah, take a picture of me. Even in the back, I think Addison. What's that guy's name? The one that uh, uh, Venetian. No, I think Avenician, really, David Avenician. They grabbed him and like was you know talking with him and taking pictures and is it didn't I didn't feel comfortable with it all because you could see he was hurting. But he's that you know he's he's that much of a sportsman. How many people do you know after a loss like that would go into the press conference and 
you know, the way he did, he was all busted up and he gave credit where it was due. So, mm. yeah. Just, he, he, he's, he's definitely a credit to not just uh, British Pakistanis, but also British boxing. I don't think he's g- been given the recognition that he deserves. I mean, if you look at the fights that he's lost, all right, Bradis Prescott was a, was a freak. Mm. And then obviously he gets robbed against Lamont Peterson because of it was in Peterson's backyard. And then we all found out that Peterson had been jabbing himself up. up weeks before the fight. But if you look at who he's lost to, Crawford, Canelo, Garcia, and Brooke, you know, the, three of those guys I've got, as, sorry, two of those guys are probably the greatest fighters of our generation. And then the mm. other two fighters have had very good careers, so there's nothing to be ashamed of. And if you look at the fighters he's beaten, Zab Judo who goes down as a phenomenal fighter, Katelnik, Malinaji, you know, the guys fought all over the world. And he, as I said, Alexander, Devin Alexander. Devin Alexander, yeah. That was a good performance, that was. Marco Antonio Barrero. The guy has definitely opened up many doors for young fighters in the sport. And if you look now, you've got Hamza Shiraz, Shabazz Masood, the Azim brothers that fought on the undercard, Mm. Abdul Khan. You know, when was the last time we actually watched a full card of boxing where we saw more than one British Pakistani on that card? I mean, he had like five British Pakistanis fighting that card. So Amir Khan deserves a lot of credit. He takes away a lot from the sport. I don't want to see him fight again. Might he fight a YouTuber? Might he fight someone else like Billy Dib? You never know. If you're getting offered the right money, then he probably will. But as for fighting at this level, I think, I I personally think he was done after Crawford. Um... Talks about Kell Brook, uh, two fights are being mentioned, Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. A lot of people that I interviewed after the fight, i.e. Carl Froch, said he should retire, he should go out on a high. I actually agree with him because for some reason, Kell Brook reminds me of George Groves. He beats Chris Eubank Jr., then he just takes an absolute beating against Callum Smith. And I think if he was to fight a Chris Eubank Jr., I think Chris Eubank Jr. would do it. Exactly the same. What do you guys think is next for Kelbrook? Do you think he should also pull out I, into the I think um retire. I totally agree with Carl Froch. You know, he's done his you know grudge match, he's won that, and just go off into the sunset. You know, he's got mm. nothing else to prove. Um, let's be honest, he's no world title contender, especially in that welterweight division, or does he want to go up to middleweight? You know, what what has he got left to prove? Um you know, he's given us an excellent career, only three defeats on his uh, record. And those three defeats, you're talking about Amir Khan's defeats. They're all against world level opposition there. Crawford, uh, who we got, we got Errol Spence and Triple G. So I'd take that, you know, uh, and, you know, he will go down remembered fondly to, you know, he's given us some really good nights of boxing. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, the one he won the world title against Sean Porter, what a performance that was in America as well. So he's lived that American dream. Uh, I'm sure, you know, on the back of this fight against Amir Khan, he's made a lot, you know, quite his bit of fair share of a bit of money. Um, I don't want to see him back in, but you know, these young guns, they've got a lot more to gain out of this than he has. You know, the Connor Ben, he's just chomping at the bit, you know, of trying to get in there with, you know, Khan or, which is for, what you rightfully do, though, if you're Conor Ben. You want to fight. Absolutely, that, that absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to fault him. He's going to eat. He's going to make his money. He's going to make his status. And he needs names on his resume because he's trying to climb that, um, you know, the ranks of the boxing ranks. Eubank, uh, I'll let Asif take that one for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, this, I, think, I think the Eubank fight makes more sense, right? You know, Chris Eubank Jr. is with Sky Sports, he's with Boxer. I think it makes more sense. And he, I know you say about, you know, he's 
uh, Kel Brook and, you know, maybe retire. But you look at the fight of Amir Khan, right? He didn't take much punishment, okay? He's come out and said, oh, it's the best he's felt. Um, you know, you can hear all the talks already about him saying, oh, the love for the games, the sports back. I had a really good camp and Dominic Ingle relationship. I don't think he retires. Money talks and that would be a big domestic fight. Will it be a box office fight? Probably not, in my opinion. But it'll still be a big fight, and you know he's. I don't think he'll retire. I think I think the money will 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 keep him in at least for one more fight. Do you know what I have to say about Kell Brook? Is this guy? I, don't, I still don't know how he makes one hundred forty-seven pounds or one hundred forty-eight. I don't know how this guy's not keeled over with trying to make weight. I mean, he's, if you look at some of Eddie Hearn's interviews in the past when he talks about Kell Brook, he the one thing he me- seems to mention is how he kills himself to make weight. Like, at what point in your career do you think to yourself, stop going for a hundred, going to try and get a hundred forty-seven pound? Like, he's even said on Twitter when he was having a bit of back and forth with uh, Eubank Junior the other night. He goes, "The fight with yourself will happen, but that's happened at one hundred fifty-five pounds." Like. Why would you want to fight Chris Eubank Jr. at 155 pounds? Go up to 160. Like, in my opinion, I think he feels a lot more comfortable the higher he goes up. But, uh, you know, you, you say, as it says about, you know, the, he, he didn't take much punishment. But let's let's say as it is, he was in there with a guy that, that was finished years ago. Like, you imagine if Brooke had fought Eubank the other night. I reckon Eubank would have would have blasted the man. Then I, can, I honestly think Conor Ben will do the same because Eubank's absorbed a lot of punishment. Sorry, um... Brooks absorbed a lot of punishment over the last few years because he's lost to elite fighters. And if you look at what Golovkin done to him and what Spencer's done to him and then what Crawford did to him with a jab, these are hungry fighters. And Eubank Jr.'s got his hunger back. I'll give him that. And I personally think, Brook, you know, everybody said it. Amir Khan's better than you. Amir Khan's always going to be the bigger name than you. You've gone and got that win on your on your, on your your CV mm. that you need more than ever. You call it a day. Let these young guns have their go. You know, Eubank Jr., how long are you going to... Look to stay at British domestic level for forget Brook, you know, even forget the Conor Ben fight for now. Start looking at the likes of the Golovkins, the Charlos, the Andrades, the Maratas. These are the fights you need to be at. I mean, Eubank's only two, three years younger than Brook. Why would you want to constantly stay at British level? It just doesn't make any sense. But listen, we can rant and rave about it all we want. But the bottom line is, I'm, I'm glad we got to see the fight. I'm glad that saga's over. Best of luck to Amir Khan. In what he does next and also best of luck to Kelbrook. Just quickly read out one or two comments. Um, boxing lover, Khan surely has to retire. Outbox and outgun all departments. A sad ending to a, I think he's missed out something. I would say a great career. Um, Imran Ali, Sloan Brothers, this channel will be a household name, inshallah. Love the passion and love the content. Thank you very much for your support, Imran. Uh, let's move on because we've got a couple of more topics to talk about. Time is running out for Dillian White. Who next for Tyson Fury? Um, I say that because Dillian White's has to sign this contract by, I believe it's US midnight time. So, I'm baffled as to why Dillian White hasn't signed this contract. It could just be Dillian White signing at the last minute, but I personally think he won't sign this contract. I don't think we get that fight. Um, Asif, start off with you. What's going on with the whole Dillian White and Tyson Fury saga? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, my friend. Uh, listen, this guy has been, you know, begging and protesting and everything just to get this title shot he's finally got it it's there and i don't know i, I think maybe it's supposed to be mind games um trying to gain whatever little advantage he can over tyson fury the fight will happen um 
I don't think he's happy with obviously the uh, the cut of the fight, the eighty twenty, and and what he's getting. But it's a career high payday for him. But I th I do think he's mind games. I think he will get signed. I think he's he's trying to gain whatever little advantage he can. Contract um, runs out tonight, as if he has to get signed by tonight. And I, I think what with it's a five hour difference from here to the east coast of of, of America, so it's not a lot of time left. Well, if he doesn't, then you know he can't complain again about you know not getting a, a title shot because he's 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 been given one now, uh, regardless of 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 the split or anything. He he's got one. He's got one against probably the best heavyweight, you know, heavyweight fighters of our time. Um, it'd be in the UK. He's his career high payday. So if he doesn't take it, then I think he loses a lot of credibility. It, for me, he would he definitely lose a lot of cre credibility. Do you think $8 million is a fair amount of money to receive for a fight against Tyson Fury, given the fact that he's been the number one mandatory for more than two years now? As if... Tyson Fury is, is, is the A-side, so obviously he's going to get the, the bigger, bigger of, the, of, the, you know, of the pot. Um, maybe not, possibly not, you know, seeing how much Tyson Fury is taking away of it. But this is, you know, this... It, He's got to put it into perspective. You know, he's getting a he's getting what he wants, which is a championship shot. And if he lets this slide, I don't think you know the, the belts are going to be tied up for a long time after this. You know, with the Usyk and the Furies, um, so he has to take it, in my opinion. Ron, what do you think is going on behind the scenes? Do you think this is potentially mind games from the body snatcher? Or do you think that it's just a case of eight million is not a fair amount, and I'm just going to have to? probably hold out till a world title shot comes my way at some other point. Well, he's, no, he's not made any... There's no secret about it. He, you know, he's clearly not happy with the amount being offered. Uh, we've not heard him respond. We've not heard him any activity on social media in regards to the fight. Um, I, you know, come on. You know, you've been crying out for this. You know, you've been beating top-level opponents. You know, you've got a really good boxing CV. Now this is your moment win this, actually go into that ring, put on a great performance. Who knows? You could even, you know, there's a chance he might win. You know, that's that's a Dillian White kind of style, isn't it? Come forward, put your heart and soul into into that boxing ring and leave nothing, no stone unturned and give it a good shot. If you win, you know, there's more money on offer for you. You know, mm -hmm. think about the rematch, how much that could be potentially worth. But, you know, Asif said, he doesn't take this. Where does he go from there? You know, where, which fight does he turn to? You know, he can't complain, oh, I've never had my shot. Well, you did, mate, you know, and you just didn't take up that offer. Not the greatest offer. I mean, let's wait and see if uh, Tyson Fury's team up that offer of 10 million or wh whatever his number is. If, if you guys, obviously, you know, we all interact on social media. If you have a look at Tyson Fury's posts... He's literally been ripping into this geezer, you know, every chance he gets. And I can't believe that Dillian White, because that he hasn't bitten back at all. I mean, you know, these guys used to rinse into each other on a daily basis on social media. Now that he's been given a chance to fight for a world title and he's getting, getting, a, he's getting a fortune to fight Tyson Fury's biggest payday, he's not beat. I mean, he's not, he's not said anything. It's like he's gone into, uh, he's gone into hiding. And I, I'm actually... Shocked that we've not heard anything from his side. I mean, this is the fight he's been chasing for many years. And, and listen, Tyson Fury, in my opinion, is probably the best heavyweight in our generation, without a fact. But any any heavyweight in this division right now, from number one to number 
number 10 has got a punching chance of winning a world title. And Tyson Fury is vulnerable at times. We've seen it when he fought Deontay Wilder. And Dinny White's a big puncher as well. So mm. it's not like Dinny White doesn't have a chance, but I'm just baffled that these, these contract talks are, are still ongoing and that we've heard nothing from Dinny White. And if he was to let this opportunity slip through his fingers... In six months' time or a year's time when he has his next fight and he's still coming out, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting hard done by, well, you had your opportunity, you know, right in front of you and you got offered a fortune as well. So, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. But what what, 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 do, you got, what do you think happens? And if, if the fight with Dillian White doesn't happen, Usyk and Joshua are going to be tied up with their rematch. Who's the, the next in line to fight Tyson Fury? Guys, give me a name. I'm struggling here. Yeah. Uh, my, 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 my personal choice. Yes, would be Joe Joyce. Has to be yep. Joe Joyce. Uh, I, I like that name. Uh, I mean, you've got Parker, but Parker, I don't think Fury would fight Parker because they've got quite the a... stable uh, mates. The stable mates. And then, you know, Dilly, um, sorry, Wilder, he's been there, done that, beating him, you know, two times, two, you know, two stroke, three times. I can't think of anyone else. I think he walked through Andy Ruiz. Oh, yeah. I think... I think he walks with Michael Hunter, Felipe Hergovic, Dubois. It'd be way too. It'd be a massive jump. It, it it could potentially destroy his career if he took the fight with Fury and lost. I think there's only one name. I think it's Joe Joyce. It has mm. to be Joe Joyce. I, 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 I think I think it's just mind games, man. I think he's he's look. He doesn't. He's not happy with the split, so he's not going to be promoting this fight out of his skin. You know, he, I, he's clearly not happy. When when's it penciled in for April the twenty third? Yeah. So I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing he's trying to give Tyson Fury as, as little time as possible to prepare for Dillian White. Um, the fight will, will definitely get signed. Um, and then the fun will begin because the pre press conferences for this fight are going to be, be brilliant. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, John Fury is at the table as well on these, these press and, and um, uh, your mate, Dillian Brothers, uh, Dillian White's I'm hoping they're because that that will be one entertaining press conference. Um, but yeah, like you said, where does Tyson Fury go go from there? Um, there isn't no one else other than them four. Uh, you know, Usyk, Joshua, White, and uh, Fury. There, there's such a massive gap between the the the, the rest of them. Uh, it doesn't. No other fight sounds appealing than than uh, Fury and White at this stage. Hundred percent. I, I couldn't agree more. It just like I mean, I, I like the Joe Joyce fight, but mm. anything else, and even the Joe, the Joe Joyce fight is a hard fight to get up for. But I, I agree with Asif. The, the build-up is what really, really you look forward to the most. The fight would be good, but you imagine on one side you got Dean White and Dillian White, and then on the other side you got John Fury and Tyson Fury, and you got the likes of Shane Fury in the background. You know, it's, it's not going to be a um, it's not going to be a civil press conference. I thought the press conference I saw last week was was bad. This one would be. <laughs> would be ridiculous. And you saw what John Fury is capable of when he uh, participated in a Tommy Fury-Jake Paul press conference with his with his uh, comments regarding Jake Paul's girlfriend and whatnot. It'd be a good build-up. And I, I'm, I'm hoping I'll wake up some good news. And if not, well, sympathy goes out the window for Diddy White. Um, Ron, d does it happen in your opinion? Yes. That's a simple answer. Um, you know, for everything that Asif and you both said, Dillian White would be foolish not to. And this opportunity won't come around again. Um, you know, boxing doesn't have a, a short-term memory. They remember. They'll remember that. We, we gave you the opportunity, you know, and you didn't take it. So, 
Because I don't see where either... I mean, you've mentioned about Tyson Fury, where he goes. Where does Gillian White go from there? And, and let's be honest, he's not going to make that much money on any other name. fight. He'll still, he'll still get fights, regardless. Yeah, he will, but he's not going to get that money. That $8 million figure that they're going to... The only fight that will make him money is against AJ. But, like you said, AJ's tied up with uh, Usyk. So... This is this this is his only fight, worthwhile fight to take. Well, let's see. Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, move on now because we've got two world title fights to talk about this weekend. Uh, one of them being what goes down in Scotland. Uh, fingers crossed, I do make it to Scotland because I'm still knackered from my trip to Manchester. Josh Taylor defends his undisputed super lightweight crown against Jack Catrell. I just watched the gloves are off, and do you know what? Right, you got to give credit to Sky Sports because they've had Williams Eubank. Then you've had Khan versus Brooke and this one, Taylor versus Catron. And this is sort of like the third least choice out of the three weekends that Sky Sports have given to us. But I've watched the gloves are off and I've got to say I'm actually excited for this one because Josh Taylor, for, for me, is looking to take this guy's head off. And I'm actually really starting to warm to Josh Taylor. But a lot, some, a lot, when I was speaking to a lot of people about this fight last week during Manchester, a lot of people aren't giving Jack Catron any credit. Jack, Jack Carroll is actually a very, very good fighter and a lot of people are sleeping on him. I expect Josh Taylor to win this fight, don't get me wrong, but jo Jack Carroll's going to give him a good test and it's going to be a good fight, but it is in Josh Taylor's backyard. A lot of people are saying that this is Josh Taylor's last fight before making that step up to £147, but in terms of this fight, Asif, how important is it that he gets the job done, he looks good in his backyard, and then he starts looking at the, the Crawfords, the Spencers, the Ugasses? Yeah, I think, I think he needs to make a statement. Uh, it's, it's the perfect opponent for him. You know, Jack Carroll's a you know he's a good fighter. Is he a, is he a world level fighter? I don't, I don't think so. Um, he's undefeated. Um, you know, you look at his his record. What's his what's his biggest victory? Probably against O'Hara Davis. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a. <laughs> I watched the gloves off as well, and um, he. Uh, He's given him no chance whatsoever. Um, you know, he's he, he needs to make a statement to, to, to get the attention of, of, of the names you've mentioned. Otherwise, you know, other than us in the UK and that, you know, does Josh Taylor have a big profile outside of, of UK? I don't think he does, especially if he wants those big fights. Because you look at Spence, you look at Crawford, there's talks of them fighting each other. Um I can't see that fight happening, uh, the Josh Taylor fight happening anytime soon, unless he makes a massive statement um, and goes out there and puts a performance on that. You know, people stand up and start to take notice. Can I can I just say, Ron, before you give your opinion on this, as you mentioned about Josh Taylor being known outside of the UK, he won the undisputed crown on US soil, right? But he's now currently promoted by top rank. Mm. His last world title defense was on a was on a Frank Warren show, right? This is one fighter that I cannot believe someone like Eddie Hearn or has has not jumped onto. I mean, this guy's an undisputed world champion. So I agree with Asif. Like, is he well known outside of the UK? I don't think he is. I think, yeah, I, I think there's a reason why he wasn't signed up for so long. You know, if you're an undisputed world champion, mm. um, and I think he yeah he, he wasn't signed up to anyone. I think that goes to show. His the profile of him. I think his profile needs a lot of building, and hopefully, this fight um, and being on Sky Sports is, gives him the opportunity to do that. Because, like you said, he's a tremendous fighter. He's a really good operator. Mm -hmm. I like the way he goes about his business. He talks well. He believes in himself. He's got Scotland behind him. Um, 
So he's got the platform with Sky now to, to go and make some big noise. Ron, Josh Taylor, everybody expects him to win on Saturday night. Let's say he does get the job done, which everybody is backing him to do. Can he really hang with those boys at £147? And when I say those boys, I'm not just talking about the world champions. I'm talking about, you know, the Virgil Ortiz's, you know, the the, the Boots Ennis's, you know, the, 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 the young Conor Ben's. I mean, how far does he go at £147? Um, well, I think he needs to take up before he even jumps in the in one with one of the big boys in the 147 division. And we know that's the, the one of the most exciting divisions in boxing. Um, it gets all the attention. I mean, that's the reason for him to step up. I totally take on Asif's point that how well is he known out there? And, you know, with me and you, Fassel, we've discussed this many times that these lighter weights don't get the recognition. Yeah, but they don't. They're not. They don't. But then you look at the division below that. There's so much crying out for that division. You know, you've got Kambosis, Lomachenko, of course, Lopez, Devin Haney. Yeah. If they're getting that recognition, why aren't fighters like Josh Taylor I, getting this recognition? That's a very the good question. Are, the guy yeah. is an undisputed world champion. When is yeah. the, the last so time an undisputed world champion from the UK? Lennox yeah. Lewis. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No, no. You, you, you've got to give credit where it's due, and I, I, I think he's a very skillful fighter. Uh, Josh Taylor. I mean, I remember when he first came to my attention when he beat O'Hara Davis. I think that was there. Uh, that's what when I started taking really note of him, and and since then he's kind of flourished in his career. You know, he's got the wins, and he, like you said, he's gone over, going over to the US and won the world title there. Um, your question was, how will he do in one four seven? I think you know, stepping up in weight is never an easy thing. Um, you know, you're going to get naturally bigger fighters. I wouldn't put him in with, with one of the big boys straight away. I would kind of give him a little warm-up fight. Someone well-known who's going to give him rounds, uh, could put pressure on him, um, and then go from there, really. So you see what I mean? He's relatively young uh, for a boxer. So because those boys, I think Terence Crawford, Virgil Ortiz, they'll take it. I think they'll win those fights. I, do you know what? I honestly think that he, what he won't want to hang around. What he won't want to wait around. Like you say, a warm up fight. Who, who, well, something who, who, just to kind of get him used to fighting at that weight, just knowing what it feels like to be in a ring. I can I because obviously half of this show is promoted by Top Rank, right? And we all know Crawford in the past has worked with Top Rank, and we all know now he's looking to take uh, Bob Arum to the cleaners because of um, disputes that have happened between the their contracts. I honestly think he wins on Saturday night and I think his next fight is against Crawford because Crawford is not getting a Ugas for a Spence anytime soon. Those two are going to fight each other and that's exactly mm. what I can see happening. Just so Crawford could get one over on top rank, he'll take the Josh Taylor fight after Saturday. That's obviously depending on if he beats Jack Cameron. Do you that's think what... that's the right fight for Spence? The flip side is that is what does Crawford gain from that? You know, he's fighting a fighter that's... that's um, Coming up in weight. Coming up in a weight. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't think he gains anything. You know, he's Crawford said, doesn't he? He wants to find the UK. So that's exactly you know. what I was just about to say. If, mm. if you look, if you look at the reception he got during fight week for Khan versus Brook, he's definitely got a huge. He's probably. I honestly think his appeal is bigger here than it is in the US. And he put out a post on his Instagram today that he goes, "His number one. One of his missions this year or in the next eighteen months is to look to fight in the UK." So, as if, do you think that's a possibility? Um, Jack Josh Taylor versus Terence Crawford, perhaps in the next year or the next eighteen months. 
like you said, I mean, the Spence, Spence is tied up. When, when's that fight? Sorry. I think it's in April. Okay, so, I mean, he's tied up for the next six months or so. And Yeah, is it a possibility? Yeah, I mean, like I said, Josh Taylor's got a platform behind him now. It's something that he didn't really have before. He's got Sky behind him. And Sky are looking to make big moves. Um, and they've probably seen the um, the response that Crawford's got in the UK. Um, and like I said, one thing that Josh Taylor has behind him is a country. And the Scottish fans, they follow their, you know, their fighters, their players, whatever it is. You know, they're very passionate fans. So I could see it happening. Yeah, why not? But again, what? It's more. there's more to gain for Taylor than there is for Crawford. In my opinion, let's also let's also remember Scotland have got the best footballer, the best Scottish footballer in the world in Andy Robertson. Then it's Kieran Turney, and then it's Scott Brown. I think Scott McTominay is probably I don't know the bottom oh, fifteen or something. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah, let, let's let's move on and let's not make this. You know, let's as Nigel Ben once said to Chris Eubank Senior, let's have some parliamentary procedure here. Um, boxing on a Sunday night, the same night Liverpool are going to win the first. Uh, domestic trophy of the season, fingers crossed. Lawrence Lacoli defends his WBO cruiserweight title of the world against Nicole Cieslak. Um, lads, first, before we talk about the fight, boxing on a Sunday night, appeal to you guys or not? I think it's to accommodate the two major events. We've got the one on Saturday. You're going uh, to it and you're, you're sitting in a box seat, you wanker, so of course you'd say that. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's not ideal. I mean, <laughs> because I, I love my Sundays to reflect on what what happened what you know uh where it went wrong for whichever fight i was supporting or not um well let's see let's see how this turns out um you know we you know we've been spoiled for choice with the the boxing recently and and this i think this fight's gone kind of been missed out I mean, and uh lawrence Sakai, nobody's really talking about this one or no one's speaking yeah. up about it uh but from what i've seen on the under it's a good undercard as well yeah, you got Anthony Fowler on it. You got Ricky Hatton, uh, Fabio Wardley. Got the Australian heavyweight Dempsey McKean. It's actually a decent undercard. As if Lawrence O'Cody, what have you made of his um, sort of, you know, how he's gone on in his career at the moment in terms of whilst he's been under uh, Barry McGuigan's son Shane? What have you made of his progress? Listen, he, he he's a fighter that doesn't excite me. I'll be totally honest because that division. Unless you're at the top, you know, you're in the top two or three, there's not really that many interesting fights there. Um, so this is going to be another ticking over fight. Um, again, boxing on a Sunday, I, I, I can't, I don't understand it. You know, there hasn't been that much drive for this fight. I haven't seen that much um, promotion for that fight. Again, it's another DAZN show. Um it's in the O2, isn't it? I swear the O2 got blown, O2. blown away or something, didn't it? Well, let's see if the roof gets put on back on before the fight. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, waiting for that. Yeah. But, yeah, li listen, I've always, you know, made my feelings clear, you know, about Lawrence Coley. He's a great fighter, but I think we're going to really find out how good he is when he really steps up. And I don't think he stepped up. You know, even when he won the world title, it's, it's probably the most one-sided title fight you, 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 you'll come across. So... The fight doesn't excite me, if I'm being honest. I probably won't be tuning in to watch it because the zone doesn't do it for me at the moment. Um, I'm probably more likely to tune in just to probably watch uh, Campbell Hatton and, and see how he gets on. Mm. Uh, one of the Kafai brothers is fighting on that card yes, as well. Yes, Olympic gold fight. So he's making his debut. So that would so be good to watch. But the Lawrence Akoli fight, I, I'm sorry, man. Until he steps up and fights someone of... 
of of quality. Um, doesn't get me off of my seat, I'm afraid, especially on a Sunday. Add, just want to add to that. I think Lawrence Coley hasn't been known to be an exciting fighter. Uh, I was really frustrated watching him fight. It was like, you know, the the constant hugging and you know, kind of mauling his uh, kind of opponent. But in the last two or three fights with under Shane, I've definitely seen improvements in him. He's letting his hands go, letting his combinations go, using that reach to good advantage. Um, so, uh, you know, and let's look. He could be in the next 18 months' time, you know, we've been talking about, he could be the next heavyweight contender, you know. He, he might enter that division. Uh, that, could, that could be an interesting kind of move for him because he's if he cleans up at cruiserweight, what's left? I, I think it's his last fight at cruiserweight. Uh, yeah. I, the reason I say that is because um, Marius Bradis has lost a plot. He's got mm-hmm. Jake Paul on his mind. He's got his face tattooed on his leg. God knows where else he's looking to get Jake Paul's uh, face tattooed next. And you've got Ilunga Makabu who's practically... Is practically in bed with Canelo right now. Won't take any other fight. Just praying that Canelo doesn't fight anyone else apart from him because one, he's going to get completely destroyed by Canelo and two, he's going to make a, a huge payday. So I don't think his future's at uh, Cruiserweight after this fight. Would I want to see him fight a Brit- British domestic fighter like, I don't know, like a Riyakapur? Probably not because I do believe that these British domestic level fighters at Cruiserweight ain't going to stick around at Cruiserweight for long. They're just going to move up to heavyweight. And I do think Lawrence Cody's next move is at heavyweight. Having said that, I do think he drops this guy in two, three rounds. And I agree with Asif. I'm not impressed with the zone. I'm not impressed with the commentary. I'm not impressed with the level of fights. Wood versus Conlin, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to. Don't get me wrong, mm. some of the fights are good. But just the, the way the fights have panned out, I wasn't impressed with their last show as well. Jacobs versus Ryder was a robbery. It was a poor night of boxing. You know, I'm going to have to really stick it on Eddie Hearn the next time I get him on an, on an interview. Um, I One card I am looking forward to is a Taylor Serrano on the card. And it's not just because the main event is because you've got Liam Smith versus Jesse Vargas. And that is going to be an absolute mm-hmm. barnstorm. But I agree with Asif. Sky Sports for me are, are, are number one. Then you've got the zone, and then you've got Queensbury. You know, there's three... The one good thing about this year of boxing is we've got three platforms now that are going to go head-to-head. And if you have a look who's doing it right now, it's definitely Sky Sports. And they were tipped to be at the bottom of the pile. So they've they've come on really, really well. But let's see, you know, boxing on a Sunday night, it might work, it might not. Um, just a few comments we'll read out. Um, this one is from Naveed Maruf. Do you guys believe that Amir Khan gets the respect he deserves? Asif, I'll let you answer that one. No, I don't think he does. I, I, think, I think within the boxing world, he does. Um, I think, I think, uh, I don't want to sound too um, dramatic, but I think within, you know, our own people, we always look, f- we always look forward to him failing. You know, you'll see him get knocked out or knocked down. There'll be memes. You'll see him do something in his life. You know, it'll be all over social media. Um, but we don't really get. I know you're laughing because some of the things that he's done, um, listen, they haven't been great, but. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not laughing at Amir Khan, right? You know, you mentioned about the memes. And you know, someone's made a TikTok video when um, the gloves are off, when Johnny Nelson asks Kel Brook, uh, who's the A-side in this? And Kel Brook goes, he is. And then Amir Khan's response is, what, say that again? But someone's made a meme of him going towards Kel Brook and be like, Kasim Chia. He's an Asian food. It is, it is funny, some of the bees, but yeah, as, sorry, as, as you were saying, I actually find it hilarious when someone put that on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, there's more memes out, out there than there is of, like, you know, 
things he's done within the sport. And I, I, I'm similar age to him. I think I'm I'm probably a little bit older than him, maybe a year older than him. So I've grown up when he came through the you know came through the ranks. He he done well in one in the Olympics and um, he came through as a professional level. So he's been part of my my life for quite a while and I've loved watching him I've st he's the only fighter I've stayed up um, and watched every one of his fights when he campaigned in America I mean other than Ricky Hatton yeah you think of any other British fighters that have gone out there and, and done what he'd done in America Nazim Ahmed mm, really I mean he had what maybe in America what two two fights three, three fights? fights yeah yeah he, he, Nazim, Nazim Ahmed lit up Vegas, man, with his entrances, with his... Uh, what I'm talking about is... Of our generation, right, where we've been... Maybe because you're a bit older, Ron, yeah, you can remember uh, Nancy, man. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah, but... Um, yeah, like I said, man, I don't think he gets the credit that he, he deserves. And, um, yeah, Fessy, you've been to these events. You've seen the cards. You saw the card last time. How many British Asians there were on it. And when you watch their interviews and how much credit they give to Amir Khan and the work that he puts in with them, the work that he does in Bolton, um, the academy that he's got in uh, Dubai, he does so much. And um, uh, it is going to be a massive loss to the sport, but it's, it's actually good to to see him retire on his terms. Like he said, he doesn't want boxing to retire him. He wants he wants to retire when you know he's ready. And yeah, man, I hope he enjoys his retirement. I hope he goes on. I'm a celebrity. Uh, get me out of it again because that was hilarious. Honestly, that was hilarious. When he was in the uh, locked in the in the tube with snakes, like, oh no, fucking hell, get me out of here! I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I think the best part was when he goes, I haven't even seen the show. I don't even know what's going on. I haven't even seen the show. Or the Strawberry Gate. Strawberry Gate. Strawberry Gate. Yeah. No, listen, I agree. I agree with Asif. He's he's done phenomenally well. You know, you, for, for for some of the things he's done outside of the ring, I I slate him for, but inside the ring now. Nah. Guy's got a, a ton of heart. He's he's, he's a world, former world champion. So forget forget world. The guy sold out an arena as an amateur fighter. He was he got promoted by Frank Warren straight after the Olympics. Tell me which Olympic fighter you know, amateur fighter that gets a promotional deal while still being an amateur. Doesn't really happen often, does it? Um, a couple of more things, uh, Ron. P U G Ignatius. I think I pronounced. Thank God I'm not Pugnacious. Pugnacious. Yeah, sorry. Pugnacious. I've, I've seen some of these Q&As and the guys read out the YouTube names and it doesn't go uh, well for some of these people, including the guys from AirTV. Uh, Amir gets a good amount of respect, but he never always carried himself respectfully. Yeah. Uh, no, and he's lost some fans in the process. It's, touching it's, on what? It's as Dominic Ingram said, what goes on Skype stays on Skype. <laughs> touching well, on uh, he has, what he has, said, he has had a lot uh, of controversy outside of the ring, though. Yeah. Let's not forget I mean, that. Look, 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 touching on what Asif said, like, you know, we've followed this kid since he was 17 years old. You know, was it 17 or 18 that he went to the Olympics? 17, two, yeah. Yeah, and look what he achieved at that age. He had that sort of fame and glitz and glamour. Uh, you know, obviously, Kelbrook was kind of a bit bitter about that. You know, <clears throat> just talking to changing sports slightly a little bit. You know, Wayne Rooney talked about in his recent uh, documentary about his struggles with finding fame and uh, from a very early age. And it's, it's overwhelming. <clears throat> he gets to the head and, you know, we, we, you know, Amir Khan, you know, he's human. And the thing is, when he, when he makes a mistake, it's. It's uh, multiplied. It's isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. And uh, you know, like what happened on Skype stays on Skype. Um, 
I mean, then it was his bitter kind of back and forth with his wife. Uh, that didn't help matters. And, and you know, it is a, a sadly in our community that we sometimes want to see our own people fail, and fail like, yeah, which is sad, you know, and, you know, we we forget what he has achieved. He's a two-time world champion. Um, and he's given us, whenever, you know, whenever he's turned up to, a, he's always turned up to a fight. You know, he gives us excitement, gives us drama. Think about, you know, the Maidana fight. That's one of his key fights that, we you know, we, you know, we, we absolutely enjoyed. Yes, you know, there's some bad with the good, but, that's just life. That's just people. You know, we're, we're not. Gonna, you're not going to be, hundred percent the best version of yourself all the time. You just could not help yourself, in it. You had. You couldn't go through one podcast without mentioning that ex great club of yours. Like, honestly. Oh my geez. dear. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, last <laughs> one. I'm actually looking forward to mentioning mention this one, and I'm going to direct this one at Asif. Asif, boxing lover says, can Eubank Jr. beat Billy Joe Saunders in a rematch? Ron, just do me a favor, get your blanket, your pillow out, because we should be here for another three years. That's a fight I really want to see. Oh, dear. Honestly, how long have we got? How long have we got? Come on, right? Chris Eubank Jr. We've all I got think... to work in the morning. Well, look, you know, Billy Joe Saunders ain't doing himself any favors right now. Is he? He's not He's not being active. He's got that L on his record now. Has he got the love for the sport? Whereas Chris Eubank Jr. has now got a platform behind him. Um, great performance in his last fight. You know, he's at the age now, 30, what is he, 32 now, 32, 33, where, I, listen, he's at his peak. He's, he look, the work that he's doing with Roy Jones Jr., it's cut, you know, it looks to be, you know, pain, pain uh, effect for him because his last fight, he was patient. People say, oh, he was, you know, it wasn't, he was boring. He was, he didn't really do much, but, it goes to show the, the change that you know Roy Jones has made, and and I think he would honestly, I think he would he'd stop Billy Joe Saunders. Oh, uh, that Saunders, that Saunders, that uh, Canelo loss for Saunders um, is is a he might humbled him, might uh, give him. A... Yeah, uh, listen, that 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 loss was a was a huge loss. He lost a lot of credibility within his own people. Forget you know the boxing world because you know the boxing. People, the ones that know boxing, know how good Canelo is. But he took that loss and, you know, he's. we've not heard anything from him. We've seen him, him on social media a few times and do up to his normal, you know, rubbish. But Chris Eubank Jr. would stop him, 100%. When you say his own people, that's why you like referring to the travellers community. Yeah, I mean, you've seen yeah. some of the things he's done. I've seen it on social media and that. So um, he hasn't took the loss well at all. So, yeah, uh, Chris Eubank Jr. is active, he's training, he's still learning, he's got, you know, probably the all-time great, greatest fighter that, you know, that has lived, uh, training him, uh, steering him. So, I can only see one winner in that fight. Will it happen? I don't think it will. Um, if it does happen, it'll be one of those Amir Khan and, and Kel Brook fights where it happens maybe at, towards the end of their career when in three or four years' time. I, uh, from what I'm hearing, Bill Joe Saunders said it'll take five million pounds to get him back in the ring. I think with the way Sky have gone about their business since um, going along with Ben Shalom and Boxer, I think five million pounds is not is not bad. But given the fact that the guy's a former two-weight world champion, he's just made his highest payday from fighting Canelo. And that is a fight that the fans would like to see again. You know, they're both not at world level anymore. They're both, much, they're both a lot more older. They've both been in big fights. You know, there's question marks surrounding Billy Joe Saunders. 
you know, as Asif said, has that loss actually finished him from boxing? How does he react to that loss? I'd like to see Billy Joe Saunders fight again. I still think he could win a world title at £160, probably even at £168. Um, Ron, before we end the podcast, I'll let you answer this one. And this is obviously from myself to you guys. Will we see Billy Joe Saunders again? And do you want to see him fight again? I hope so. Um, you know, whatever happened in that fight against Canelo, yes, it was a really bad eye injury. Before There's a lot let you of... carry on, right? Did... He he lost to the greatest fighter in the exactly. world. Exactly. I don't exactly. think there's not. I, I know I said that the way he lost didn't go down well with some people. But is there any harm in losing to a fighter like Canelo right now? I don't think there is. No, I mean Canelo is is a machine. You know, he's he's a pound for pound, uh, you know, goat if you want to call him. Uh, there's a lot of kind of, you know, kind of positive kind of things you could. Put, but I'd like to see, you know, Billy Joe Saunders. It just depends if he's got the heart, if he's got mm. that determination to kind of come back, train. Uh, I mean, I follow him on social media. He seems to, you know, th- you know, I don't see much of him training or kind of keeping fit or mm. it just seems to be him kind of enjoying life at the moment. So, yeah. uh, as you know, as we saw with Amir Khan, it is only how long can you stay out of the ring and expect to come back and work wonders again? You know, we know what Billy Joe Saunders is about, you know, in terms of boxing IQ skills, he's got it in abundance. Yeah. So uh, he, doesn't, I think he doesn't want to leave it out. He doesn't, doesn't want to be out the ring for too long. That's, mm. that's what I say. Sorry, Asif, you're going to say something. I was going to say, I think it was the manner in which he lost. I think it was, mm. you know, the, the build up of, you know, never quitting. And I think the reaction he had when Daniel Dubois um, lost yeah. the, to Jojo, to oh, yeah, he lost a lot of respect, uh, you know, for that. It, listen, in my opinion, there's no shame or there's no, um, you know, there's. You can't really say anything if you lose a fight to Canelo, but when you give you when you back yourself up that much, and when you have when you get on people's back like Dubois when you took that loss, and then you do the same thing, then you know how does he come back from something like that? And, yeah, yeah. Is he still with Frank Warren? Is he? No, no. He was with Eddie Hearn. He's with Eddie Hearn. Oh, but, yeah. Well, Frank Warren couldn't get in that fight that he wanted that's with Canelo. So that's why he left. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? If, if, sorry, go on, that's what you can say. I'm going to say he's another fighter, man, that you, so much skill in that, but the profile, you know, the profile, whenever you talk about Billy Joe, is always negative. You don't talk, you know, you see the things that he does, and you don't, yeah, he, he's someone else, man, that, yeah, he's been a, a two time champion and that, but there's no cry or demand for him to come back into boxing, you know, like, oh, when's Billy Joe coming back, or who's he going to fight? Um, yeah, so he's not with anyone at the moment. No. But did you know if I was Billy Joe Saunders right now and I, I, I was serious about coming back into boxing, I'd follow his mate Tyson Fury, go work closely with Sugar Hill Stewart. Because I believe that would be the best thing for him. You know, he's one minute he's with Domingle, then he's back with old trainer Mark Tibbs and then he's with Ben Davis. And I don't think that's helped his career as well. He's never really been stable. You know, he's never he's never really, you know been with a trainer that's gonna get the best out of him. And you look at what Sugar Hill Stewart's done to to Tyson Fury, I think if he was to go over to Billy Joe Saunders, I, th- I think he'd do well for him, but nonetheless, it's all ifs, buts and maybes. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, Asif, Ron, guys, thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for appearing on today's podcast. 
Uh, to the viewers out there, if you can, please hit that subscribe button, like, comment, and share. And make sure you check us on that on all the social media platforms. And if you want to listen to this podcast again in one of the audio platforms, links will be below in the description. I'm Fessel Khan, and thank you to listen to podcast 48 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast, which is proudly sponsored by Spartans Law.